Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. It is the Mac Attack Sports Radio FNZ. It's Mac and Preps today. Bone is out. This hour, I will read off an official statement from Bone. Apparently, there are people criticizing him for taking off on social media. They have uh, conspiracy theories about why he is out. So there's a Bone statement that he sent to my phone. <laughs> we'll deal with later on. Mike Florio, right around 820. Uh, 920. That would be the time, actually. 820 Central, uh, it would be. But he's going to join us to go around the NFL, as he always does, at 920. On Wednesdays, we will get to tons of your emails, texts, and tweets. As always, man, y'all are participating. You are engaged. Gold star. I absolutely love it. A um, couple of things I love from Panther practice yesterday before we get into this conversation, which, by the way, the reason why I created this list that I am about to unveil in regards to Matt Rule is because I was driving home yesterday, and Preppy and Kyle Bailey were taking shots at me, calling me a homer. So oh, I have crea- I've created a list. You admit you're a homer. Why do you care? I've created, but I'm not being a homer in this respect. Oh, okay. I've created a list. Y'all digest it, swallow it, and you decide. Swallow it, digest it, whatever order you do that in. I don't even know what order. It's, I guess you swallow first and digest. Anyway, you <laughs> just take so. it in, and then you tell me whatever the hell you want to say. But I am... 100% being real about this list in regards to Matt Rule. But a couple things from practice yesterday. They have no practice today. I love the way Matt Rule said he's given them three days off in the first eight days because statistically studies reveal that most injuries happen in the first eight days of camp. That's the kind of sports science stuff that 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 Matt Rule believes in. I think that's good information and, and, and very good idea. And I hadn't heard something like that before. So they're off today and then they'll be off again on Sunday. Yesterday they were in pads again. The highlight... The highlight in terms of video clips they shared was Derek Brown blowing up Matt Paradis and getting Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. You've got to go to Panthers Twitter, Panthers.com to see that. It's not a good sign for Paradis, but man, it's cool for our first to watch our first round pick do that. And the other thing I like is this concept of how they started practice yesterday. The in the bubble, the peanut punch competition. Everybody remembers Charles Peanut Tillman. He had you know punch the ball out and he Pass that down to all his teammates and people around the league start peanut punching the ball out. Well, apparently it's a fun competition that Matt Rule likes to do with his players where, you know, one offensive guy will hold the ball, two defensive guys are trying to punch it out. Then they switch it up. One defensive guy holds the ball, two, two offensive guys try to punch it out. So it's things like this. It's things like the hot dog eating contest, things like the golf thing they did last Friday, like just – 
Kind of these team bonding exercises. Also, him flailing around and doing goofy drills to make people laugh. Like, he's a serious football guy, but he has this kind of silly, fun touch to camp, too. And maybe it comes from a college coach, you know, that is used to kind of doing things to try to keep the younger guys engaged and stuff. But I like it. I like stuff like that. So, but they are off today. Coaches work and players not. All right, so here's the deal, Preppy. I was listening on the way home yesterday, and you were nice enough. You were doing a team player. And Preps is a team player, man. He'll work hard. There's no doubt about it, despite all the annoying stuff he'll say on the air. He's working hard. And he was filling in for Smoke Ludwig for that you were doing the first couple few hours of the show yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I'm driving home, and you and Bailey are talking about me saying that I would take Matt Rule over Sean McDermott. Which is blasphemous. Like, in terms of if I could have like Sean McDermott as our head coach right now of this team or keep Matt Rule, I would keep Matt Rule. It's crazy. And Bailey agreed with you. McDermott's done a good, and he has. He's done a really good job in Buffalo. And Bailey, and you and Bailey concluded it was just me being a homer. And that's fine. I mean, listen, I, I can't help myself. I am, you know, I bleed Panther blue. And it's funny because I have been accused this offseason of being not a homer, being too negative, you know, being too, uh, why can't we win games? Why do I have to wait three years? Why don't you like Teddy Bridgewater? So it's kind of interesting. I, I, so I'll, I'll wear that homer if I guess I'm a homer for Matt Rule or whatever. But I started thinking about it, like my honest feelings on this and, and other Panther fans, y'all feel free to weigh in, hop in and share your opinion, too. And Preppy, I know you got your opinion about this because I told you to kind of have a list ready or, or, or on this topic. I have nine coaches that I would snap my fingers if I could and replace Matt Rule with that are current NFL head coaches. Just nine. So I don't know if like that is if that makes me a homer. I don't know if that is considered dumb because clearly if you look at the NFL coaching rankings, Matt Rule is going to be down there towards the bottom, right? Because and I think it's what you're thinking, what Bailey's thinking. He hasn't done anything yet in the NFL, but Matt Rule as a head coach is a, just thinking of a head coach running a football team is a hell of a lot more accomplished. Like Matt Rule has accomplished more. Just pure head coaching than Sean McDermott has. Like, it's a different version of football, and I understand the questions people have. But if we were to ask who has done the more impressive thing as a head coach, regardless of level, I believe most football people would say Matt Rule turning around Temple from one win to multiple 10 win seasons. But the level and, matters. But, but was you saying Nick Saban's not a good football coach? No, Nick, but I'm just saying, but you're saying. Well, level doesn't matter. Blah blah. Like you're comp you compare him to a high school coach now. Like you compare him to anything. You compare him to a Pop Warner coach. You're saying level doesn't matter. I'm not saying that NFL coaches are automatically better than college, but it does. It, I think it is harder to win in the NFL than it is in college. Listen, you think it? You think it is? It's harder to win. Like I would argue, what he has to do with the Carolina Panthers is not any harder than what he did at Temple and Baylor, taking programs that were a complete mess. Definitely Baylor. To take over Baylor yeah, with those circumstances of only 45 scholarships left, the organization, the, the, the program is looked at as a cesspool. I mean, just and, and the reputation is as tarnished as anything since Penn State, right? I say as a Penn State guy. <laughs> and, and, and then to turn that around that quickly and have them in Sugar Bowl and do it with less talent. See, here's another reason I believe in Matt Rule so much at the NFL level. He isn't like Nick Saban, you know, who at Alabama wins because in part because he has more talent than just about everybody plays. He often had to compete against programs like Texas and Oklahoma, who had way more four and five stars than he did. And he is not a byproduct of winning because he had more talent. He did more with less. 
And that's what you got to do in the NFL because you can't collect all the top talent because there's a salary cap. And that's why I believe in Matt Rule. So I said nine. Now, we'll get into the specific coaches. Why are you laughing? Your laugh is what bothers me, though. I, I have to be honest. Smiled. Your I, laugh is what is annoying. That smirk. I smiled. That preppy smirk. Now, how many would you say? Like, roughly. I have. Like, everybody because he hasn't coached? I have nine coaches only that I would take. Or that I would put Matt Rule. Above. So we're exi- we have nine, but we're our yeah, lists are on the opposite end. Opposite end. All right. Yeah. So give me quick. Who are the nine coaches you would actually say would be worse choices than Matt Rule to run the Panthers right now? Dan Quinn is one. Yeah, definitely. That Doug Marone apart. two. Yeah, it's falling apart. Adam Gase three. Yeah. Uh, Vic Fangio. He was okay, but I just I don't like the old school style right now. I think Matt Rule. I'd rather have a young, energetic yeah, guy. Embracing Joe Brady. Yeah. That's another thing I like about Rule. Embracing the modern offensive game. Yeah, that's four. Five, Bill O'Brien. I just think Bill O'Brien is just not a good head coach, to be honest with you. I just don't. Six, obviously, Matt Patricia. I think he's on his way out of Detroit. Seven, Zach Taylor. I don't think he's a very good coach in Cincinnati either. Eight, Joe Judge. Um, Giants special teams higher. I just, I don't know. He's, he's going to have to prove it as well. And then Kevin Stefanski, another guy like Matt Rule who hasn't coached yet. It's kind of like they're both getting their first time being a head coach. I would rather have Matt Rule than Kevin Stefanski. So that's nine right there. Everybody okay. else I'd rather have. All right. So you got a lot of inexperienced and or dregs and yes. or guys whose programs are falling apart, yes. like or Bill O'Brien, who's just seen as a boob. Yes. So you're not there's not a lot of respect there to Matt Rule. No, there's there's and listen, not I get yet. It. not and, yet. I like him, though. Like, I don't want to rip Matt Rule. I like Matt Rule. I think he's a great coach for a rebuild. It's just crazy to me that you're putting him in the top 10 without him coaching a game in the NFL. Who I, listen, no, he's I'm a great not, college coach, Mac. I'm not. I'm sorry to keep cutting you off. He's a great college coach. How do you know he's not going to be Bobby Petrino and he's just meant for college? We don't know that. But I do think he is. I think some of the things that he has done, like rebuilding. He has proved to be a master program builder. Yes. Again, I'm, this is not the rankings of NFL coaches. This is how many coaches would I snap my fingers if I had the superpower and, and, and take them over Matt Rule? And I get guys texting and saying, you sound dumb or whatever. Really? I, and like you I can think say, they were talking about you trying to pronounce peanuts. You can, <laughs> you can, say, you can say whatever you want. Like you, you could throw those mean and nasty words around, whatever you want. But I believe what I'm saying. Like Honestly, for the Carolina Panthers, I would take Belichick, clearly. I would take John Harbaugh. I would take uh, Mike Tomlin. I would take Kyle Shanahan. I would probably give up a limb to have Kyle Shanahan as my coach. <laughs> I'm not, I think that dude is brilliant. Um, Sean Payton, I hate him. But Sean Payton has proved it. Doug Peterson, Mike Zimmer, I like a lot. Pete Carroll and Andy Reid. And that's my that's list. It? That's the only guys that I would take to take over these Panthers right now. Now, if it was a ready-made team, it might be different, right? Then all of a sudden, a guy like Mike Vrabel might throw in there if it's a ready-made team. I like what Vrabel did there. Maybe McDermott if it's a ready-made team. But Matt Rule has to do a complete and utter rebuild. And I believe so much in his program building abilities. Like, if you did what you, if he did at Baylor, this is not going to face him at all. Like, he is going to, like, he has that ability to weather the storm early, coach young guys up, get a lot out of them. Y'all, he had eight five stars on his team last year, or eight four stars at Baylor. Oklahoma had 40. Four and five stars. He took them to the wire in both games. The guy can flat out coach football. Like, I just, I am speaking from the heart on this. Y'all can say whatever you want. I get it, man. Some of you agree with Preppy and Bailey. 
He hasn't proved anything. How can you say that? It's a feeling I have based on what he accomplished at Baylor, based on the fact that he that he uh, I think he makes Marty Herney a better drafter. I think you saw that in rounds two through seven where all of a sudden young or athletic types with potential on defense are being drafted that maybe Marty shied away from when he picked guys like Golden who had horrible athletic testing numbers. Let's see something you know? here too. Rule has a say in who they're picking. He has a seven-year deal. He has a little bit of more of a say than I think Ron probably did, to be honest. You don't just sign a guy for seven years and not give him any say in the roster. And, and that's what I and that's what I'm saying is I yeah, I think he's gonna yeah, I think he's going to improve the personnel side even if Marty ends up staying. My question to everybody out there, a lot of people are saying McVeigh. You didn't name McVeigh. You wouldn't take McVeigh I over feel, him? I, I don't even know. notice that. I feel like McVeigh got I feel like McVeigh I feel like the McVeigh. I feel like the McVeigh hype was a little overdone. He's won I feel, two Coach of the Year uh, awards in three years. I feel well. What happened? What happened last year? That was a very disappointing year last year by the Rams. Golf just very golf, disappointing year last golf was year. Terrible. I listen. I don't. I don't think golf's great, and I do think his system made him good. But I think last year, like, is Sean McVeigh gonna be the wonder boy for his whole career, or did some things get found out there? You know what I mean? What's his counter to teams countering him? I, I just, I, I think Sean McVay is really good looking <laughs> and really young and his offense, you know, looks really sexy. And I think that really excited a lot of people, including Mr. Bidwell in Arizona, who went out to find a clone of, of Sean McVay. By the way, you would take Cliff Kingsbury. Did you say Kingsbury overall? Yeah, I would 100%. His they both coached in the big 12. One is seen as an absolute success story. The other couldn't have a winning record with Pat Mahomes. Like, get that, the bleep yeah, out of that's here. that's maybe the... I, I liked it. I mean, if you watch what he did with Kyler Murray last year, they were pretty good on offense. No, they had a way. good first year, but you got to, like, sustain it. That's the thing. I think Matt... And listen, I know everybody's laughing at me because I'm saying you got to sustain it. Matt Rule hasn't done it for one year. But, like, I, I just... I believe sustaining in the NFL is a hard thing to do, man. And I just, like, a guy like Kingsbury couldn't even win in college with Pat Mahomes. I just, was he deserving of that job? Um, let's see. McVay, let's see. The biggest uh, uh, biggest problems are McVay, McDermott, Bruce Arians. I put Rule right in there with those guys. Bruce am I Arians, a homer? Or am I a homer? It's a complete rebuild. Do you want old Arians doing a complete rebuild? All right, am I a homer, or is there legitimacy to what I'm saying? Are other Panther fans feeling that there's not more than 10 guys you'd rather have on this team than rule? All right, next up, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk and NBC. I'll ask him if I'm a homer next. Sports Radio FNZ. It is the Mac Attack. We're rolling boneless. Uh, it is Mac and Preps today, delivered by Bojangles. Bone has vowed to come back better, faster, and stronger tomorrow. And he has a statement I will read in a few minutes uh, to people who are firing accusations about why he may be out. All right. But right now, we got to bring in Mike Florio, who I'm sure is thrilled. ProFootballTalk.com. NBC, his NBC uh, Sports Network daily pro football talk show as well. He is thrilled, I'm sure, that now it's just me and him conversing. Bone's not going to get in the way. Now it's, uh, you know, we don't have to bring the kitty table in. It's just the adults speaking. What's up, Florio? What's going on, man? Who is this? <laughs> Florio, just you and me, baby. This is the way, this, this is the way you wanted it, really, right? You can be honest. Well, this is going to be a pretty short segment. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, bone is bone does is there to kind of bridge between any disagreements we may have. So we'll see how this goes. See how this goes. The reference. The reference. This is going to be a pretty short segment. Oh, oh, move on. Yeah, let's move on or move out. Oh, I forgot all about the. That's a classic uh, WFNZ moment. Len Pascarelli, uh, football writer, hanging up on us in about two seconds. Uh, Florio, what do you think about this? I'll give you. I'll open the door up for you to slam me right away, okay? Because a lot of other people are. We were talking. I, I am a big fan of Matt Rule, and I just believe in Matt Rule. You know, and some people say, man, it's blind. But for me, it's based on the way he rebuilt programs, albeit in college. He has to rebuild a program here. I, I just feel like he's the right man for a job. I made a comment and said there are only nine current head coaches that I would like switch. Like if I could snap my fingers and, and replace rule with any of the 30 other 31 current head coaches, I would only do it with nine head coaches. And people are saying that's ridiculous. What has he proved yet? Um, like, is that crazy to say, or do you feel like, does that make sense at all to you that he could just be the right man for this specific job? He wouldn't be the first college coach who jumps to the NFL and does incredibly well. He turned around Baylor. He turned around Temple. David Tepper saw something that caused him to make Matt Rule arguably the highest-paid entry-level coach in league history. I yeah. can't imagine yeah. another guy right out of the gates getting that kind of money with one year as an assistant offensive line coach for the New York Giants. So there's reason to be hopeful. And look, this is the time of year to be hopeful. Last half full, <laughs> right? But, but here's the thing. Jimmy Johnson, Hall of Famer, he started 1-15 with the Dallas Cowboys. So let's not expect that Matt Rule is going to instantly turn Agreed. chicken yeah. stuff into chicken salad. <laughs> totally. But he could be laying the foundation to eventually have a very competitive team. Quarterback is going to be key. Let's see what Teddy Bridgewater does. If it's not Teddy Bridgewater, it's going to be somebody else. But let's just wait and see. How about that? Florio had an open invitation to do what Preppy and a lot of fans did and take a shot at me, and he propped up Matt Rule. All right, I like that. I like that. What? All right, so it seems like so far so good. I mean, I know we're just at the start of this process, but, man, the lack of, of COVID tests. I think they're down, Florio. To, I, I think I read on your site down to around, like, 10 on the COVID reserve list now across the whole league. Like, I, I, am I – Am I wrong to get optimistic about the NFL right now? No, you're not wrong to get optimistic. Because, you know, when the NFL started puffing out its chest a little bit last week with this notion that, you know, things are going well and there are minimal positive tests and now down to 10 on the COVID-19 reserve list, I had a coach tell me, hey, first of all, you know, we haven't even started practicing yet and games are still to come. We don't know what's eventually going to happen. And number two, let's not jinx it. Let's not get guys complacent. Let's not make people think there's a false sense of security. We still need to be able to get and keep the attention of the players. And so far, the coaches have done a good job of it. You know, if, if football coaches ran the country, uh, and I don't want to get political here, but, you know, they have a way of sending clear messages, saying the things that need to be heard, expecting the behavior that needs to be done. And when you look at what they've been able to maintain and implement with their teams, it's one of the reasons why there are so few players currently on the COVID-19 reserve list. you got 10 out of over 2,400 players in the NFL right now. It's pretty impressive what the NFL has done. But let's see what happens once these practices unfold for a while and they, can they keep the virus off the field. And then the game's coming up in three weeks and two days, three weeks and one day when the Texans play the Chiefs and then the full slate of games that first Sunday. Will there be an outbreak after that? These are all things to be determined. Yeah, I can't, man. But at least this portion, it seems like, knock on wood, they have this portion down, Pat. But, you know, playing other teams, traveling around, 
We'll see what happens. Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com and NBC. That is amazing when you think about it. Three day, three weeks in a day to that Chiefs-Texans opener. I, you know, we, we've talked to you a bunch about college football through this whole process, too. And we have something happening here in-state where North Carolina, UNC, has realized – Man, we, we might have messed up here. We sent the students back to campus and big outbreaks, multiple clusters of the virus. So they've now said we're doing, you know, um, you know, learning from, you know, remote learning now. We're, we're going to have the kids off campus. But the football players are still on campus. And a lot of I shouldn't say a lot, but some talking heads are pointing out that this. How can they do this? How can they do this? They say they're student athletes. But honestly, it might be the best way, the safest way to do it for the players. Like, do you have a philosophical problem, Florio, if, if schools start, Notre Dame's going to do it too for a couple weeks, sending students off campus but keeping the football players going? Well, you know, I said early on when we were trying to figure out what sports would look like in a pandemic that you can't have college football without college. And if they don't have in-person classes, how can you have football players on campus having them practice, having them play, it completely rips down the facade that these are student-athletes. Because in theory, the football is a corollary to the educational experience, right? It's an extracurricular activity. It's something you do to enhance your overall college experience. If there is no college experience other than sitting behind a computer, it's not really a college experience. Therefore, football really isn't an extracurricular activity. And if you go forward with college football and you don't have in-person classes, you are exposing the reality that it's all a money grab. And we already knew that. So yeah. I don't know anybody's going to be stunned by it, but it's, it's unprecedented for the colleges to allow it to be laid so bare. And any college that goes forward without in-person classes with a college football program is clearly doing it only for the money, and it becomes glaring to put the players at that enhanced risk when they're not getting paid for it. And I know they get an education. And we can debate all day long what it really costs the school to let one more person go to class. What's the value to the player? Are the players getting full value for what they're bringing to the table? This year, when you throw on the risk of COVID-19 for the players, for their family members, being part of this potential spread in a local community, it's hard to justify doing it. But the three of the major conferences are going to go full speed ahead. But, you know, the inability to have in-person classes may be the canary in the coal mine that causes college football to fall apart entirely. And, uh, yeah, what a shock. It's happening in North Carolina. It's happening in Notre Dame. It's going to happen everywhere. At every college town, you're going to have 18, 19, and 20-year-olds who do the things that 18, 19, and 20-year-olds do. You can't avoid that. You you definitely can't avoid that. Right. I I said this last week. The average 19-year-old is very selfish, reckless, and stupid. And that's the average. Half of them are more selfish, more reckless, and more stupid than the average 19-year-old. So those are the ones who are going to these parties. Those are the ones who are living that, you know, eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we shall die mentality. Well, you know, you may be right. Tomorrow you may die if you don't start doing things the smarter way. And it's going to, at a minimum, wipe out classes in a lot of cities, and and it could wipe out football altogether at the college level. As the NFL thrives, college football may not be able to pull it off. I'll tell you this, though. The, the, if those players in, those, in these three power conferences, like, this is the most leverage they'll ever have, right? Like, if they, wanted to, if they wanted to ask for things and threaten to hold out or whatever the term would be, strike, I don't know, they're not a union. But, like, these conferences need – see, I, I do – I know what you're saying. I This is why they have to get paid something, right? Like, can they po- – are they? St- they probably will, right? They're shameless. They probably still will. Probably try to get away without paying. No, no. I think that the college 
the college system. I think the presidents, the ADs, the coaches, everybody. I think they're far more terrified about long-term ramifications of the robots becoming self-aware than of the, the pandemic. The pandemic's going to wipe out one season, maybe two at the absolute most. If you get to a point where the players understand they have rights and the players have a vehicle and a platform for expressing those rights and advancing those rights and getting a piece of the pie, how do you redistribute the pie? How do you keep your non-revenue sports afloat? How do you continue to line the pockets of the presidents, the ADs, and the coaches with the salaries they currently get? See, when you have already baked into the system a budgeting process that doesn't have a line item for actually paying the players, and then all of a sudden you have to add that in there and it would be a big line item, it screws up everything. <laughs> That's what they've been trying to avoid. And I feel like for the last 10 years they've been on the run, that they know that yeah. the reckoning is coming. Oh, it's coming. And I think their attitude is the more we can stave it off, it's good. Let's, if, it, if it's coming, fine. Let's just push it as far into the future as we can. And yeah. I feel like that's part of what's also let's, going on. Now. Let's not give up that money until we really have to, you know, is, to, is what it is. Florio, you are the man. We made it through without bone, no skirmishes or anything. You actually kind of defended me on Matt Rule as well, so I appreciate that. Profootballtalk.com, y'all, the best NFL really site out there. You're really, you're really asking for something on the way. <laughs> you don't see, yeah, you don't want to leave on good terms, do you? You don't want me to be happy with the way this conversation went without Bone. I can tell. I can tell. I'm in a decent mood today, or at least I was before. I started. <laughs> you are. You are very chill. It must be the NFL coming in three weeks and a day. Florio, be good. We'll talk to you next week. All right, see you, man. All right, there you go, Mike Florio. Can you believe that? Three weeks and a day, and they're going to have 22% 20, uh, capacity at Arrowhead? Man, I hope they pull it off. I really do. As far as what he's saying about college, my whole thing is it's probably safer to players to be on campus, but he does have a point. At some point, can the NCAA admit they're not normal students? We come back. We got to check in with Bailey and Pam, and we get a statement from Bone on why he's out today. Coming up. Sports Radio FNZ. Our boy Bone out today. He will be back tomorrow, man. We'll get this family back. We're dysfunctional, usually. But we were a little dysfunctional today. We'll get this thing back. Preps did extra duty, did all his work. Still was his same snarky, annoying self. Zach and of all trades. added a few more comments on the air. I guess a good job based off our expectations for Preppy. Good job filling in, baby. Jeez, thank you. Man, you're so mean. <laughs> you did good, brother. That's my way of saying you did good. Florio, thanks, him for joining us. John Forslin, uh, who opened up about his Kane situation and whether there's any chance he'll be back. Um, thanks, Tim, for coming on. That was at 840 if you want to Catch it on a rewind if you're a Canes fan. Uh, and John Curry, voice of Wake Forest, saying we are not even really that worried about a spring season right now, but we don't have any plan for a president vote. The plan right now is to keep talking to our medical people and keep moving forward in the ACC with football. So there you have it. All right, let's see here. As far as coming up today, before we check in with our peeps um, uh, here on what Bone has dubbed the wrap-up, all right, we want to check in with Tax Nation we want to check in with Pam and Kyle Bailey before we say goodbye and, and, and let Kyle do his thing. Um, coming up today, busy sports, man, busy sports. We got uh, all the game twos of the series that were played on Monday. Nets Raptors at 1.30. Jazz Nuggets should be a darn good one. That's at 4 o'clock. Um, uh, Sixers Celtics uh, at 6.30. No Gordon Hayward for four weeks. Hurts Kemba's cause there. Uh, moving forward, it really does. And then the Mavs Clippers. What does Luka do? 
Can they get a game and even that up against the Clippers? That's at 9 o'clock. you got the Canes trying to hold off at 4 o'clock today, trying to hold off, uh, hold on for dear life in the series against the Bruins. And you got no Panther practice today. Braves in action at 7 against the Nationals after taking that loss last night where that bullpen, Matzik and company, kind of blew a three-run lead there in that one. Uh, and Champions League today as well, Bayern and Lyon as well. So we got a lot of sports going on today. As far as what happened on this show, preps, and what the peanut gallery said, let's 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 let the what the, gallery the peanut. The, oh, I'm supposed to say that word right. It bought, there's a texture that it ruins his day when I don't say peanut peanut gallery. All right, um, <laughs> let's start with Bone who texted in to Uh-oh. say. I, I want the people to know, please read this statement off. I am not out because the Yankees lost or because I'm binging another season of Below Deck. That is not why I'm out today. Yankees lose. Bone's not feeling well. He didn't sleep hardly at all last night. Do you want – Bone already gets ornery and cranky. Do you want Bone in here with just 10 minutes sleep? You probably do as a listener. Kind of, yeah. But I don't know if I wanted an ornery, tired bone in here. All right. Tindalpedic bone. Get a Tindalpedic, baby. All right. Let's see here. This texture says, this is why Mac's so annoying. Because he says stuff, and he's always like, I just believe it. But this dude is never right. <laughs> Why, thank you, sir. Why, thank you. I believe I called preps annoying today. I believe I was correct on that one. All right? Oh, That's one. On. That's one. Uh, another texter says, you're ruining my day because every coach or player you hype up ends up sucking big time. So he thinks I'm cursing. I'm putting a hex on Matt Rule. Uh, I mean, he's really not wrong, though. That's not true at all, man. A lot. Well, I, I, I mean, I'll say this. I, I was not this bullish on Rivera at the start. Like, I liked him, but I was not this bullish. I'm all in on Matt Rule. I'm wearing this one. If Matt Rule stinks, save this day, Preppy. If Matt Rule stinks, I have been a complete and utter failure on live radio. <laughs> All right? Save that tape, flag it, okay. and you can use that moving forward. But if Matt Rule looks like a top 10 coach in two or three years, y'all got to give me my due preps. All right? Uh, let's see what else we have here. I'm sure you'll do that. Uh, let's see here. Another texter says, I don't know, Mac. Oh, this was about, oh, when we were doing the unwritten rule, who's the bleep hole, where Reggie Miller said Kobe took a shot in a 14-point game with uh, as the shot clock wound down with six seconds left, and they got in a fight over it. And this texter says, I don't think Kobe did anything wrong. I've seen the Hornets blow 10-point leads in 30 seconds. <laughs> well, as we all know, Kobe that's, was... That's, that's strong right there. As we all know, Kobe has never played for the Hornets, all right? We all know that. Um, let's see here. Matt, oh, this is about the number one red jerseys. The injured guys wear red number one jerseys, and it just feels like you could have avoided, like, an optical situation where it just makes us think of Cam. Are you mocking Cam for being injured all the time? This texture says uh, they're all in uh, in number one jerseys. Because there's so many left over because Cam was hurt so many times. See, that's, that, that's, that's good quality That joke's been made right so there. many times. Why did I even read that again? That joke's been made so many times. Uh, this texter says, Matt, uh, I'm convinced Matt Rule is injured as well and needs to put on a red jersey. He must have suffered a concussion from doing those drills and falling down the other day if he thinks this is not going to anger Panther fans. He might not care if it ticks off us as Panther fans. Like, I thought they could have avoided a optical, like, Kind of odd situation with the players wearing the one red jersey, but he might just, someone might have told him, he might be like, it's not my concern. You know, he might just be all, as he said, he appreciates all ball. Um, uh, I do not think he's trying to troll Cam. I do not, but I, just, but I think optically that one looks a little, you know, a little shaky. Uh, this texter says, 
I usually wear a jersey as a term of endearment. Maybe the three injured players are just Cam fans. <laughs> I have a feeling that is not That's the case. Possible. Although when Matt Rule was asked about it by Joe Person, all he would say is the red designates in injured. But he wouldn't answer the number one. Why the number one on every jersey? Uh, this texture says, Mac, your obsession with Cam is not healthy. I think my wife's told me that before. I believe she has. Um, uh, let's see. Building Center text. Did Mac call Trey Boston great? Ha, 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 ha. The only, yes, he did. The only thing Trey Boston is great at is telling people how great Trey Boston is. That is from, that is a little haterade from a Panther fan. Listen, I said he is great in center field as a rangy safety in coverage down the field. He is not a complete safety is the problem with him, though. you got to keep him out of the box because tackling can be shaky. That I feel like that's a fair assessment of him, though. I'm not saying overall he's a great safety. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what you said. You were triggered by it early. Now Preps yes, doesn't care. Because, be, Pre no, I do. I mean, I don't... I don't want to bash Trey because he's a solid he's player. He's a good dude, man. He's a great dude, Trey great Boss. Great guy. 100%. But he's a solid player. I wouldn't say he's great. I'm, I'm saying in that him. one area is what I'm saying. And if you can have Chin or Burris do the other stuff in the box, How much I think better does work. Trey Boston make your team back? How much better? That much better? Is, I, there, is he replaceable? I think he's replaceable. I mean, I just, a lot of, most people are replaceable in the NFL, right? But I think we could have a really good safety combination of him as the rangy center field type and Chin and or Burris kind of flying around up front. That, that's all I'm trying to say. Although Chin's getting a lot of looks at linebacker as well and big nickel. Uh, let's see here. This texture says Trey Boston is the Marty Herney of active players. See, that's that feels way <laughs> harsh. Um, uh, this texture says, after all the hating that Preppy's doing to the Panthers, please tell him to eat a bag of Richards. All right, there you go, Preps. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't possibly know what that means, man. Do not possibly know. Uh, another texture says, oh, this was uh, this was about the John Fokey situation we talked about earlier. Um, and if y'all have not seen it, you can read about it. He actually did it a Q and A with with Scott Fowler. It's the only Q and A he's done. Uh, the voice of the Hornets, and it's an unfortunate situation. And I, I don't know, you know, what happened here, but he's always seemed like a good dude to me. But where he was typing out about the Jazz Nuggets game the other day, and he types the N word out, plural form of the N word instead of Nuggets. Um, he says, "Hey, it's a simple mistake. Um, I, I I typed instead of you, I typed I, and that's right next to it. And instead of T." At the end of the word, I typed R. And he says, I didn't look at it, and that was a mistake on me. At the very least, y'all, we got to proofread this stuff, especially if you have a job in the public eye, at the very least. But a lot of people have commented on that. It seems like most people are sympathetic to him as making a mistake. Seems like most people don't know if he could survive either. This dude, uh, this dude says there's no way he did that on purpose. It would be career suicide on the level of George Costanza dragging the Yankees World Series trophy around the parking lot. See, that's what I'm saying. For people to think he would do something like that, I've talked to people that know him pretty well and say they can't believe he'd do something like that. Not to mention it's his dream job. I can't imagine he would do that on purpose. But is it a – can he go in that locker room and interview players? That, you know – I, I I don't know. He says he wants a chance to be able to talk to the players one-on-one, -on -one, explain from his heart that he made a mistake. So we'll see if he gets that chance. Hornet's stance is suspended indefinitely as they kind of investigate the situation. By the way, I love when the preppy reviews come in on the show. Cam tweets things, said preppy is at least a top three producer at WFNZ. Get off his back. And then I'm top two and I'm not number two, as Drake would say.
Who? Okay, but so who are you? Your top two. Okay, now I get it. <laughs> Took me a while to figure Top that two out. and I'm not two. I'm a little tired after four hours with no bone, man. It took me a while to figure that out. And last but not least, how about this guy? Unnamed texter, clearly doesn't want to share his name for this, says, I've listened to Mac over 10 years. Preps is the best co-host he's ever had. Oh. How about that? Oh. Man, coming what after up, Bone. What up, Sandy? What up, Bone? Coming after what old up? man Selene. Coming after all of them, man. What up? How about that? We here. Clearly, Preps has a relative texting the show today. All right, let's bring in Pam. We got to keep checking in with our peeps. That's the say of the listeners via the text line. Let's now check in with our peeps. And before we check in with KB, let's see what Pam has going on. Just killing the trick, slaying it on traffic in her home studio. Pamela, what's going on? Just slaying it over here. That is what you're doing, Pam. That is what you're doing. I will say this, Pam. Like you're a lot of people, it seems like can't work from home. Like a lot of people, I think, get distracted. Like, for example, my son, I caught him trying to do schoolwork from home yesterday. And while he was listening to a lecture in art class, he was playing Fortnite. And that will have to stop. I want to find a way to stop that. And, and I yeah. think and even adults, too, like get distracted at home. Pam, you have been a true pro on your home reports. All right. Oh, well, thank you. You've been killing it. So why are you being so nice to her? I don't know. I like well, when Pam when Pam can't uh, physically harm me in studio, I kind of I, I'm not as scared of Pam. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm a little less fearful. To, how how is the work? How is the schoolwork from home thing go for your son? Your son's. I think three years younger than mine, but yeah, we're going to have to, I'm going to have to like do something where he can't, the Xbox is taken away during school hours or something, man. That well, was, that was not right. My kid is actually, you know, when they started the whole thing, like he's really good at it. Like he woke up, he was ready to do, you know, all his challenges for the day. He loves reading. He would, I wouldn't even have to tell him what to do. He sets his alarm at night. He gets up and he does his stuff. But now that he's had the whole summer and South Carolina actually doesn't start till the 31st of August. So we'll see how that pans out. Right now, he's still technically on summer. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you'll, I'll check back when you guys start rocking and roll. I, the thing is, and I had, I had a listener. Like I'm not alone. I had one listener say that he has to. My man Chris Harmon says he has to do something where the internet cannot be accessed on the Xbox during certain hours, like school hours. I had another guy say he walked in on his son who said he was doing schoolwork. It was supposed to be class time, and he was working on magic tricks. So, oh <laughs> so I'm not the only one dealing with it. It's just the focus thing for them without the teacher in front. Like we, me and my wife are going to have to be checking these bedroom classrooms like every few minutes. I think. I think yeah, Mike is really good. I have to give him props. He's really good. He's in gifted classes anyway. So I mean, he really. Oh, sorry, oh, Pam. That was an accident. I see. What did you? What happened? You cut her off? Oh yeah, sorry, my bad, Pam. Pam. Yeah. Oh, you probably sorry. should hang up on her because she got very snooty. She became yeah, she snooty did. parent there. My kid is in gifted classes, so he's not a slacker like your son that plays Fortnite during an art lecture. That's kind of, that's kind of the vibe I got there from Pam. Like by, how you were in school, man. By the way, KB, just thank the heavens that you do do that you your child. Well, we hope. I'm not going <laughs> to jinx it. I'm not going to jinx it. But hopefully, when your child starts school. Hopefully you won't have to deal with this what annoying is an, crap. Hold on, hold on, what is an art lecture? I like, still have like, to know. Like I don't even know what they're talking about. I gotta be honest. I slept during art class myself. <laughs> like so, I can't blame him. But like he was, they have to listen to the video lecture. So he's listening to the lecture oh. and he's playing Fortnite. Well, you know time. what? I don't even play Fortnite. And if I had to sit through an art lecture, I'd play Fortnite too. <laughs> Somebody made a good point on Twitter. Said he has a better chance of being a professional video game player than professional artist. And yeah. They said, you got a point. By the way, KB's up next in, in the clubhouse. Everybody enjoy it. We'll talk to you tomorrow.